don't worry too much about, I'm not too worried too much about the water. Our, our church is doing the same thing. We're having it cleaned all the time. So we, I know exactly what you guys are doing. So it's, uh, I still drink it sometimes when they tell me not to. So I just, whatever. So praise the Lord. But uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me again. And uh, I appreciate Pastor Evans, you know, trusting me to come in and preach while he's gone. And uh, I pray that they get a have a good time. Uh, like I like you saying, my two oldest sons are down there as well with Pastor. So I'm praying they get something while they're down there, get a blessing out of it. And I appreciate Matthew coming out with me tonight. Um, you know, I thought I was going to be a lone soldier tonight, but Matthew came up to support me, and I appreciate him hanging on the in the ride with me and, and coming out and uh, just supporting his dad. So I appreciate that. Uh, we'll be in First Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, a very familiar chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I don't know why, for some reason I was sitting there and I was just thinking about, um, as before I came to preach, about the first time I remember ever preaching. And I remember uh, real preaching. And I got up and, and uh, I remember I, was, I just got called to preach and my, 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 my pastor at the time was trying to help me and he uh, he let me come up and preach in front of him and another preacher boy. Just he was sitting here, and the other preacher boy was sitting over there, and uh, I was just green. I mean, I didn't know anything, and I got done preaching, and he told me he's like, "Well, brother, he's like, I'm not going to say you're not called to preach." And he says, "But you know, I just you know, you got some things to work on." And uh, then I remember that, that New Year's Eve for Washington service, he let me preach, and I preached for the first time, and I remember how scared I was, and. And uh, the Lord just was merciful to me that night, and He's been merciful to me ever since. And uh, I just think, man, how how long it's been, and I'm glad the Lord still lets me preach. Amen. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that I know, even from Bible college and stuff, that, that aren't preaching anymore. So it's a it's a blessing to be able to still be used by God. First Samuel chapter 17. Uh, you know the story. It's the story of uh, David fighting uh, fighting Goliath, and a very familiar story. And I like reading about it because there's a, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I mean, I got, actually got another sermon uh, similar to this, but I use different points. Uh, but every time I read through it, it gives me something different. So First um, Samuel chapter 17, I'll just start in verse 31. And uh, you know the story that David heard the words of the Philistine, and he's, he's, he's telling him, was there not a cause? And in First Samuel 17, verse 31, the Bible says, And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he said to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. 
And he took his staff in his hand and chosen five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but, he was but a youth and ruddy of a, and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And let's pray. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to preach, Lord. And I really do, am, Lord, that you allow me to preach. And Lord, I, I just thank you for allowing me to be here. Lord, thank you for calling me to preach. Thank you for using me. Lord, I pray you look down upon me, Lord, and just wash me in the blood. Forgive me for my sins, Lord, and uh, the filthiness of the day and of the world. And um, Lord, just help me, Lord, be able to preach your word. I pray you can use me, Lord. And you know, Lord, these words are just words on paper, the sermon I got here, Lord. But I pray just like your word that you breathe on them and make them alive. And Lord, I pray you just uh, encourage and help the people that are here tonight. Strengthen them, Lord. Uh, help me be able to preach the word and say it properly and not uh, bring any dishonor to you, Lord, and to your word. Lord, I pray for all those down at the Jubilee and Pastor Evans and his family and Pastor Lambert and my two boys and Sawyer and Tim. I pray you keep them safe. I pray you be back with our church back home and just bless them, bless their track night tonight. But Lord, I pray you just show up here tonight. Everybody here doesn't want to hear from me. They, they want to hear from you. And Lord, I pray you can give them something. And Lord, you know I don't have it. It's not in me, Lord, to be able to do something like that, but you have to do it. And Lord, I pray you just to help me, Lord. Be a blessing to these people in your precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I like, I like reading about Old Testament saints. Uh, some people, they don't, you know, they, the New Testament obviously is, is a blessing. Obviously, that's, there's a reason we read the New Testament, but uh, the Old Testament, uh, there's a, you know, is written for admonition, the Bible says, for our learning. Um, you're supposed to learn something from him. It's not just something that he wrote to fill up space. It's, it's written for us that we're supposed to, to learn it. There's a lot of Christians that believe that you shouldn't read the Old Testament or it's not even that important. Um, there's so much important. God has spoken to me in the book of Exodus before he's spoken to me. Now, obviously, a lot of doctrinal stuff you're not going to get out of the Old Testament. But there's a lot of things that, do, that, 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 that the Lord has shown me uh, in the Old Testament and spoken to me um, through his word. And uh, that's why we read about it. And I found several things in the Bible that have helped me. Um, you know, like uh, just for example, in 1 Samuel 17, uh, it says, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he would deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Um, that's not part of the sermon, but just, just taking something out of that. The Lord gives you something out of every verse. Uh, how many times has God delivered you from something? And then when you go back out again, you're scared it's not going to happen again. The Lord takes care of you again and again and again and again. I mean, I go on mission trips, and, you know, every time, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I hate plane trips. I hate getting in the plane. I hate flying. I, you know why? Because I, I have no control. I'm at the complete mercy of the pilot up there. And if anything goes wrong, what am I going to do? Nothing. You know, I just, you know, there's nothing I can do. You can't just step out and say, okay, I guess this isn't working. You, you're, you're there. Um, and so I really pray a lot on those flights. I really pray, pray a lot, and I get nervous sometimes, even when there's a little bit of turbulence. You know, some people, it's no big deal to them. I pray, and... I mean, I went to Haiti and flew over there, and I flew into Israel and went over there, and 
Every time I fly, I'm like, Lord, Lord, is this the time? The Lord's like, listen, I've taken care of you every time. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you, and I'm going to take care of you again. And then when I went down to Mexico, I had to fly down to El Paso, and, you know, the Lord's like, I'm going to take care of you. And the Lord has ways of just calming me down. I said, listen, I'm, I didn't tell you to go to Mexico so I could kill you, okay? I wanted you to come down here and do something for me. Um, so, you know, these things you get out of these scriptures, and the Lord shows you these things. And I, I had a, a sermon with a lot of different points in here before, but this is a little bit different. Lord, give me a different one. It's a little bit shorter, praise the Lord, amen. Uh, it's not as long as the last one, so but just some quick things to, to learn. And you might have heard some of these points before, but to me it was kind of new, and um, it helped me, and I hope it helps you. Um, the first thing I want to show you is this. Uh, read verses 38 and 39. The Bible says, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. The uh, first thing I want to tell you that what the Lord showed me is, number one, you can't wear someone else's armor. Um, and you say, well, that's pretty obvious. Well, you know how many Christians are trying to wear someone else's armor all the time. Uh, you can't do that. God didn't design you. He designed a specific type of armor for you. He didn't design something for you to wear someone else's armor. Um, you know, a lot of times the Bible talks about comparing yourself with, each, with yourselves. It's not wise, Paul says. Uh, a lot of times, like I, I preached not too long ago when I was here last time, I think about planting a tree. Uh, people compare themselves with other trees, and you're not the same kind of tree. You don't produce the same kind of fruit. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people try to be somebody that God never intended them to be in the first place. Uh, you're always wanting to wear someone else's armor. I remember when I was a kid, I really, that was back before I was deceived. With the, I thought the Lions were actually going to do something one day. And I used, to, I, used to, I used to love Barry Sanders, man. He's, I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. He's the best running back ever in the NFL. And I don't care. I know somebody, oh, is somebody? no, I, Barry Sanders is the greatest. Anyway. Don't matter. But um, anyway, I remember, you know, I, I play, you know, played football in high school, and I tried to play, you know, play yard ball and stuff, and I always tried to be like Barry Sanders. But guess what? I'm not Barry Sanders. Not even close. And, uh, I mean, I'm trying to be like somebody that I was never designed to be like. Uh, that's just not me. He's got like a swivel he, ran, he used to run on. His whole body could like turn like this, and his legs were like, you know, ha- over half his body weight. He was, had the perfect running back body. He had like legs like about this big, and then he had a tiny little body up top so he could squeeze through people. That wasn't me. Um, and he could, you know, he could run, he could do all those things. I wasn't Barry Sanders. Uh, you know, ever since, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, when I went to uh, the Bible college, you know, I, I wanted to be kind of like, uh, you looked up to the preachers there. I looked at the Dr. Ruckman and Brother Donovan, and I tried to be like them. And you know what? I'm not Brother Donovan. I'm not Dr. Ruckman. You know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Lester Roloff. I'm not Jack Howells. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just me. And that's who God wants me to be. And, and, and sometimes as a Christian or even as a preacher, you try to be like other people, and, and uh, the Lord never intended you to be that way. I remember hearing a story one time where they were having a meeting, and uh, I don't remember. I wish I could give you the names, but I can't remember the name of the preachers that came in. And one preacher came in, and he preached a message, and everybody was just you know enjoying it and really got a blessing out of it. And he was doing all these things. He's very animated. He was doing all sorts of stuff, running down into the crowd and doing stuff, and He's running around, and he got a blessing out of it. Well, after he was done preaching, he had to go. He had to leave. He had someplace else he had to be, so he left. And um, another couple preachers had come in late, and they came in. And then one of those preachers got asked to come up and preach, and he came up and preached. And he had heard that preacher before that was up there. He didn't hear him that night, but he'd heard him before, and he memorized his sermon. 
So he got up, not knowing that that preacher was, had already preached that sermon that night. He got up and he preached the very same thing. He went through all the emotions, all the running around, everything, told the same jokes. Everybody was laughing at him because he, they'd already heard the sermon. He thought they were laughing at his jokes. And he's running around doing all this stuff. What's he doing? He's just copycatting someone else's sermon. And I mean, I can't imagine the humiliation he had to feel when he realized that the same guy had preached the same sermon, you know, just an hour or a half hour before. Um, don't try to be someone else. Be who God wants you to be. You say, well, I can't do what they do. You're not meant to do what they do. I mean, I would love to do, like, you got this up here. I mean, I know a lot of people, they can get up and they can draw. Dr. Ruckman can draw. A lot of brothers in Christ can get up and draw and, and do different things while they preach. I can't. I can't draw stick people. I have, I have a hard time, I mean, just drawing anything. I tried to draw for the, for the kids back in, um, uh, in uh, junior, or not, yeah, junior church. I tried to go back there and draw for them, and they just laugh at me because they see my little drawings. They think I'm funny. Um, you know, and you know how hard it is to preach and do that? Not only is it hard, you've got to have some skill, but you have to be able to focus on what you're drawing and preaching at the same time. I can't do that. I mean, I'll, if someone in the back gets up and moves, all of a sudden I just lost my concentration. I'm like, well, where, was, where was I? I mean, I can't do that. I just don't have that skill. And I tried to do it a couple times. It, just, it was a disaster. Uh, it's just not what God called me to do. God called me to be me. Uh, you know what God wants you to do as a Christian? Don't try to be like another Christian. There's a lot of Oh, we read about great Christians and great heroes of the faith, and that's a blessing. They were, it was a blessing, but you're not those people. We're not living in those times, and I'm not trying to discourage you. We should be doing everything we can, but you can't wear the armor of somebody else back in 1854. You can't do that. That's not who you are. That's not where you're at. Now, that's not an excuse. i got to preface this. Some people say, yeah, see, that's just who I am. I just don't do this stuff. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that's an excuse to be lazy. I'm not saying that's an excuse not to do anything. God's got something for you He wants you to do, many things He wants you to do. That doesn't mean be lazy, but you can't sit there and get discouraged because you're not doing you know, what, uh, what uh, uh, William Carey is doing over in Africa. You can't be discouraged because you're not doing what Adonai Judson is doing in Burma. Uh, that's not where you're at. That's not what you're doing. Um, you are called to do something uh, for God, and you can't wear someone else's armor. God got his own armor he wants you to wear to do. The armor God's talking about, obviously, in Ephesians, you know, the whole armor of God, but he's got an armor specific for you to do the battles that you need to fight and do the things you need to do. Um, turn to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. You know, I, I really appreciate it, you know, with my, with my, my boys. They, sometimes they, you know, what's weird is... I try to be a good example to my, to my boys and my, my daughter. I try. But I mess up sometimes. You know, and I will say I have a good day, and I'm 85 to 90% I did good that day. But there's a little bit of that day where maybe, you know, I got in the flesh a little bit or just something. You know what my kids will remember? They will remember that little bit I messed up, and they will, they will put that in their minds. And then you can say a, 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 a thousand things Scripture but you say something from a movie, and they'll remember that movie thing forever. That's just the flesh. Um, you got to, you got to, you, you, and what my, I'll try to, my point is this, is that, you know, your kids, they try to imitate you, so you got to be a good example. But even as kids, you can't wear your mom and dad's armor. You can't wear it. Some people have really great Christian mom and dads. You can't live in their armor. You, you're going to have to one day wear your own armor and do what God wants you to do. Um, you know what, I, I mean, maybe, maybe you'll say, well, I'm more spiritual than mom and dad. Well, maybe you are. But wait till you get out there and have to fight the battles on your own. We'll see how you do. You need to, you need to have that armor. Um, but you can't wear someone else's armor. Here's an example, Acts chapter 19. You know, Paul called off a lot of, 
uh, call Jesus Christ and, and Paul, they, they, they cast out devils. In Acts chapter 19, somebody else tried to do it. Verse 13, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That's pretty scary. Uh, that's one thing I don't mess with. I don't mess with, you know, people. I, I know there's somebody I heard down, down in Florida one time said his ministry was to cast out devils out of people. Man, you have at it. I ain't, I ain't going anywhere near that stuff. Uh, I, I'll stand behind the Lord. I'm like the little kid on the playground. I stand behind my dad. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm a tough guy when I'm behind my dad. I ain't getting out in front of my dad trying to do anything. Um, the Bible talks about the devil. It says, remember the battle... Lay your hand on him, remember the battle, do no more, right? If I remember, am I quoting that right? Um, don't, you're not, listen, uh, don't listen to people who say you should go out and fight the devil. Don't you, don't try that. You're talking about the second most powerful being in the universe. Uh, he would destroy you and take out your family and wouldn't think twice about it. You stand behind the Lord and you let the Lord deal with him, amen? But what they're trying to do here, are they trying to do something good? Sure, they're trying to cast out devils. It's not a bad thing they're trying to do, but it's not what God called them to do. And so what happened? They got messed up. You know, there are many, and I've said this before, there are many people that are called to go to the mission field, and they're not going. They're not going. And uh, that's something the Lord's got to deal with them about. But I'll tell you this, on the flip side of that, there's many people that go to the mission field that I believe that God never called. And they have good intentions. They want to do it. They want to do something for the Lord, and they and praise the Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm right there. Actually, I'm that person. I wanted to go to the mission field really, really bad. That's why I take mission trips all the time. I say, well, Lord, if I can't build the house, can I at least help <laughs> like David did? Amen. And the Lord's like, yeah, you can help. You can do some stuff. So that's why he lets me go on these mission trips, try to be a blessing. Um, but you, you, they, some people are, are, are going, and they're not supposed to go because God never called them to go. They got fired up one time during a sermon. Praise the Lord for that. I'm not trying to down, but you better pray that thing through and make sure. What happens is if you don't know for sure you're called to go, you get over there, and the first difficulty you hit, you're like, well, maybe the Lord's not in this after all. I don't know you got to know. It's like being called to preach. You know, you can't be called to preach and then preach, and then all of a sudden you hit your first difficulty and say, well, I don't know if God called me to preach. I see people do that all the time. I don't know if I'm called to preach. Well, why? Because you hit a difficulty? Did God call you to preach? Then preach, you know? But you can't wear someone else's armor. You can't go and say, I want to do this because so-and-so is doing this. I can't. There's a lot of people that want to be the pastor in the church. Man, I wish I could go up there and just, you know, talk for a little while. There's a lot more to pastoring than just sitting behind this pulpit. Let me tell you. There's a lot more that, I mean, you got counseling, you got people calling you all night, you got people, uh, you don't have any privacy. People are always, you live in a fishbowl, everybody's evaluating you. If you, your kids, your wife, anybody, they do the slightest thing they don't like, they make sure that everybody knows about it. Um, you're, you know, you're evaluated by your preaching. Oh, I've heard this one before. Oh, man, he preaches so long. Man, I mean, oh, you know, I didn't like that sermon. I like that one. I didn't like that one. You know, you get up here every week and preach something and, and see how you do. It's hard. And then you know what? You get done and, and people, you know, you got the devil constantly coming after you. You got the flesh. You got all sorts of stuff uh, coming after you. You know, you got people in the church. You got things you pray for because you love them and you want to pray for them and you care about them. And you got burdens. You carry their burdens and cry and pray with them. And, you know, go visit them when they're in the hospital. Go do, you know, there's a lot more to it than just coming up in the pulpit, running your mouth for a half hour, 45 minutes. It's just, there's a lot more to it. And when you preach, you want to make sure God's in it. You want to make sure God's doing something with it. You can't wear someone else's armor. 
You can't put on someone else. You can't say, well, I want to be the pastor. I'm going to be the pastor. Did God call you to be the pastor? If he did call you to pastor, did he call you to pastor that church? Probably not, because he's got another pastor in there right now. He's not asking you to go up there and kick him out. Um, that's what I heard. Uh, uh, I know churches will say, guys, so I'm called the pastor of a church. Well, amen. Well, go start a church. <laughs> but you know what? They don't want that. They want to take over the one that's already been established. Is what they want to do. They don't want to do any of the work. You can't wear someone else's armor. Uh, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 13. You got to be careful about that. Now, listen, God's got something for you. You see, people, people, you don't got to focus so much on what's not for you. Focus on what God does have for you. I mean, I want to be a missionary. I mean, every time a missionary comes through, I'm called there. Lord, I'll go. I'll go there. The Lord's like, no, no, you stay where you're at. Lord, I mean, I mean, I can go over there. I mean, they don't even have anybody to preach. I mean, he could get, you know, so many people over there. I could, I could. You know, I'm telling the Lord what he needs to know. Well, it's like, no, you just stay where you're at. You just keep being faithful where you're at. Yeah. I better not go. I better not pick up my family and move them over a sea somewhere when the Lord's not in that thing. I better be careful. Lord's merciful. Amen. But you better be careful. Uh, God's got something for me. You know, he's, he's, got, he's, he's got me so busy now. I'm, I'm running all the time now. He's got me doing all sorts of stuff. He's opened up all sorts of doors for me. He's busy. He's keeping me busy. This is what I want you to do. That's what the Lord says to me. Yeah, that's what I want you to do. You better do it. And the Lord blesses it. And the Lord's got something for you. Don't worry about the opportunity someone else gets. Everybody's different. They have different opportunities than you do. And you have opportunities that they don't. And you just got to take that. Don't wear someone else's armor. First uh, Samuel chapter 13, look at verse 8. The Bible says this. It says, and, he, and talking about Saul, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to, to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made, ended offering the burnt offering, which he shouldn't have done, he tried to, be, he tried to do the role of a priest. Mm. Behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, and that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together to Michmash, well, Lord, you see, you just didn't understand because what happened was, right? Justified and justifies the means, right? Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made a supplication of the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he has commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. You better be careful wearing someone else's armor you're not supposed to wear. It costs all the kingdom. You can mess up a lot of things. You know what the problem is with a lot of people? And I'll be the first one to say I was there. The, the, first, the problem is, is that you want to run ahead of God and do something, and you're not ready, and God doesn't want you doing that right now, and you're going to get out there, and you're going to mess up a lot of stuff. And you're going to get a lot of things out of order. You're going to mess up a lot of things. And God will do something with you, but he's got to bring you back. It's going to take time to reset everything. He's got to get everything back in order again to do something. And you never know. You might miss out on an opportunity because of it. You've got to be careful about that. You can't wear your, somebody else's armor. God's got something for you. What's God got for you? Well, what are you doing right now? Listen, if you want to do more for God, pray about it. Well, Lord, I'd like to do more for you. I'd like to do something else. Well, then pray. And God will open some doors for you. He may open some doors you may not want to go through. Amen. You say, Lord, I, I just want to do something. I just, I just want to do something more for you. I want to win some souls for you. 
And that night, a brother gets up there and says, man, we sure could use some people to come over here on a mission trip over here to Haiti. Come down here and help us win some souls. Haiti, huh? Aren't people dying down there? Or it's like there's an opportunity. You know, sometimes, you know, you got to be careful what you ask for. But the Lord wants you. Listen, I'm not trying to discourage you from wanting to do something from God. Praise the Lord. You're here on a Wednesday night, amen. You're here and you want to, obviously you care about the Lord, but don't try to wear someone else's armor. Don't Take the pressure off yourself and quit trying to be somebody else. Be who God wants you to be. God's got plenty for you. You're going to have enough to do. You're going to have enough stuff going on that you've got to just take care of that. And you want God's blessing on you. You want his hand upon you. So don't try to wear someone else's armor. Quit trying to look around and say, well, they're doing this or they're doing that. You know, even if it's not a, even a, a ministry type of thing, maybe at work, you're looking around, well, they're doing this or they're doing that, and I don't get to do that. Why don't I get to do that? Well, listen, you don't know what they go through. You don't know. Maybe they can handle that. Maybe God's opened opportunities for them for a reason. He didn't open it for you because it would mess you up if you got into it. My boss makes a lot more money than I do. But you know what? When I leave at night, I leave at night. She stays another couple hours because she's got so much stuff coming in that she's got to deal with, and she's there before I get there in the morning. She lives there. She actually lives at that place almost. Why? Because as a supervisor, she makes a lot of money, but she's got a lot more responsibility. She's got a lot more stress. She's got a lot more. You know, she's got people above her pressing, pressing down on her all the time, and then she's got her, you know, people underneath her always going up and griping about things, and she's got to fill those out. Well, why does she get to make more money? You sure you want that? You sure you want that? Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Do what God wants you to do. God will open up the doors and the opportunities. I'm speaking from experience. When I finally gave it to the Lord and said, all right, Lord, okay. If that's not what you want me to do, and I mean I begged him for years, begged him. And he kept saying, no. <laughs> is it a noble thing to go on to go to the mission field? Amen, sure it is. But is that what God wants? No. I know I bring this up a lot. You can tell how much it was on my heart because I think I bring this up every time I come and preach. But there's probably something on your heart that you keep begging God for and God says no. And sometimes you just got to say, okay. And you know what God's done since then? He's opened other opportunities. Sometimes God knows a little bit more than you, you know? And he knows some things that are going down the pipe. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Take the pressure off yourself and be who God wants you to be. Not who someone else wants you to be. Not who somebody else in the church wants you to be. Be who God wants you to be. Because sometimes the brethren are guilty of that. They'll try to put pressure on you to do something that God never intended you to do. Now listen, that doesn't mean you just quit doing stuff because you're lazy. That doesn't mean if a pastor comes up and says, hey, we could really use someone to help out in this ministry, then, well, uh, you're just trying to tell me what to do. No, well, can you? If God opens the door, then do it. The track ministry, which there's a reason my family's not here tonight, because we're, we're we kind of watch over that and make sure it works. Um, I, he, Pastor asked about who could we get someone to lead that, because we went down a fellowship track league, and we were down there, and then me and Pastor got a burden for it, and Pastor said, hey, I'd like to do that ministry. Well, I was sitting in there, and he got up in the church, and he says, hey, we need someone to head up this ministry. And you know what I thought? I thought, I want to do that. But I thought, you know what? I better wait. <laughs> Before I jump up, so I waited and I prayed about it. I wanted to give someone else an opportunity if they wanted to. No one said anything for a couple weeks, so I finally texted the pastor. I said, you know, no one wants it. I'd like to do it. He says, amen. And we've just, uh, Matthew, what was it, maybe six months ago, not even that, 
we hit a million trucks we got sent out, you know, so that's a blessing. So just do what God wants. God fill my plate, he'll fill your plate too. Whatever it is at work, whatever it is in the ministry, whatever it is, don't try to wear someone else's armor. Don't try to wear your pastor's armor. Don't try to wear the person next to you's armor. Wear the armor that God wants you to do. And David knew that when he did. He says, I can't do this because the armor doesn't fit me. And you know, when you try to wear something that doesn't fit you, ever wear something that doesn't fit you, it's really awkward, isn't it? It's really cumbersome, you know? I've done that. I've done that a couple times. I remember when I was in football, I was so small that when I wore some of the stuff, I was really cumbersome and stuff, and they'd laugh at me when I was you know, first starting football. And I, I got a little bit better. I mean, I didn't get huge or anything, but I got so I could wear it a little bit better. But it's very cumbersome. And you can't perform like you wanted to if you wore someone else's armor. Secondly, this. we got to move on. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Look at verse 40. 1 Samuel 17, look at verse 40. The Bible says this. David says, after he says he couldn't wear that armor, it says in verse 40, he took his staff in his hand and chosen five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in his grip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. You say, what are you trying to say there? Well, he couldn't wear the armor, but you know what he did? He used what God gave him. You know what you need to do? You need to use what God's given you. What's God given you? What can you, what can you do? God uses things that you wouldn't think he'd ever use. He uses things that you wouldn't ever think he would ever do anything with. Uh, you know what God used? Uh, God, God, God used uh, uh, the jawbone of an ass to kill a thousand people. Now, if I was going to fight a thousand people, that's not my tool of choice. It's not my weapon of choice, but he used it. Uh, he used an ox's goat, I think, in the books of Judges. He used lamps. And he used those with Gideon. He used, he, used, he, used, he used that. He can use anything. I mean, one time he took Moses, and he said, they said, we need water. He said, Moses said, he said, use your rod, smack against the rock. Water come out. God can use anything that you have. And the world say, you can't use that. God can use it. Now, there's some things that God is not going to let you do. Maybe you can't do music. Maybe you can't do those things, but there's some things you can do. And maybe you say, it's not very much, but God can use it. Turn to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, what do you use? What do you, well, I don't know. I don't know what to use. I mean, what do I have? You say, I don't have any abilities. You have something. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who doesn't have any abilities, you're looking at him up here in the, on the pulpit. I have no skill. I don't know what it is. I keep thinking about things like, Lord, what am I good at? And I'm really not good at anything. I, I can do something. I'm kind of like that guy that can kind of do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you're not going to call me in in an emergency situation, you know. Um, but God, God, God still uses me. Amen. If he can use me, I know he can use you. So Exodus chapter 4, he said, what do you use? Well, look at verse 1. The Bible says, and Moses answered, because he's calling Moses to go reach his people Israel. He says, but behold, Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee, and the Lord said unto him, what? Where's that in thine hand? Well, Lord, do you want me to go up to a mountain and find this? Lord, do you want me to go over here and do you want me to go over to get the sword of the Philistine? Do you want me to go over and get this? Do you want me to get this great? Spear over here, do you want me to go do this? Do you want me to get this? Lord says, no, what's in your hand? He says, a rod. Okay, I'll use that. You know what Moses did with that rod that was in his hand? He performed a lot of miracles, didn't he? He split the Red Sea with it. He, Like I said earlier, he smote the rock, water came out with that rod. What is it? It's just a shepherd's rod. Nothing, nothing big or fancy about it at all. He says, what's in your hand? A rod. 
Okay, I'll use that. So I don't know what I have. Lord's like, what do you got? Well, this is all I got, Lord. Okay, I'll use that. I mean, all I have is, all we have here is this lad. He's got a few small fishes and some bread. I mean, what can you do with that? Lord says, I'll use that. God can take something very small and make it into something very great. What's the song? Little is much when God is in it, right? God can do little, great things with little things, with things that are just no one would even think about. Do you ever think about some of the, the greatest preachers that I know of? Most of them, you know where they started off at? In really tiny, small towns, little places. Nobody ever heard of them. And God used them, farm, pulled them off farms, pulled them off all the... I mean, was it, uh, who am I thinking of? Micah, was it Micah? Was it Micah? I'm trying to think if I'm right. Micah was, he said, I was, I was um, no prophet. You know, I'm not, my father, you know, he's, I'm not quoting him right, but he's saying basically my father, my family's nothing, and yet God called me to be a prophet of him. Preach for him. God uses little people. Uh, God uses what you have. You know, use what you got. <laughs> Whatever it is in life, use what you got. Sometimes, you know what, you can get in big trouble trying to use something that's not yours. Uh, you know, I, I was, I, I was, I talk, I've talked to my family, I've talked to Matthew. You know, we got all those leaves in the yard, you know, and I see, like, James, he runs this lawn business. He's got this, that leaf thing that, Picks up, uh, that picks up all the leaves, that sucks them all up. I don't know what it's called with a leaf, leaf, something leaf cycle, is that what it's called? Cyclone rake, yeah. He takes, I mean, that thing is cool. I mean, he hooks it up to the back of his tractor, he goes over and then he just sucks up all those leaves, and then he just takes it every once in a while and dumps it. I think that would be so cool to have, but it's like, I don't know, like $5 million. I don't know what, I mean, it's not that much, but it's, it's like crazy expensive. I mean, it's real nice. And you say, well, what do you do? Oh, I could go get the credit card and swipe it and use it. Go buy one. What, for one yard? So you say, well, what are you doing? Well, we have rakes. <laughs> We're one of those crazy people that go out there and rake the yard. You know, we don't have some fancy machine to go out there and do it. We have to go out and rake it. And you rake it. Use what you got. You know, there's advantages to raking over that, you know. Helps build character, builds muscle. You know, put some sores on your hand, amen. That's a blessing. Shows you're a working person, amen. Use what you got. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have a lot of money. I, I, my first car I bought, I had saved up for it. It was $500. It was a little Chevette. And I, I had that thing, and, man, that thing would run forever. Um, I, could pro- I remember back then, now, of course, gas was really cheap back then. Uh, but I could put, you know, five bucks of gas in there and run forever. I mean, just run forever. Never had to worry about gas, but I didn't have a lot of money. And so... You know, a lot of guys, when it got snow and icy out, you know, they'd pull out their scrapers or whatever, and I didn't have a scraper. I said, what'd you use? Well, I figured out that if you take a card out of your wallet, you can scrape your windshield with a card. You know, maybe an old, old credit card, or I didn't have a credit card. I had, like, different cards, library card or something. You can sit there and scrape it. And it takes longer. And I, I, I laugh about it because I had to do it again not too long ago because I was at work, and I came out, and we had a surprise blizzard come in, and I went out there. I mean, our cars, everybody in the parking lot's cars were just covered in snow and ice. And everybody's out there scraping. I didn't have my scraper. I forgot my scraper. I left it at home. I was like, oh. And I remembered when I was a kid. Pulled the card out of my wallet. I snapped my card, though. I had, you have to be careful. Some of that ice is kind of tough. And you snap. Oh, man. So I grabbed another card. People are looking at me like, what's he doing? I'm like, you know, just scraping along. Got the card. Hey, it worked. I got it at least enough where I could see. Amen? What? Just use what you got. Amen? 
It may not be the most convenient thing. It may not be the, the best thing in the world, but God uses those things in life. I know I'm being kind of silly. Uh, use what God gives you. Listen, you know, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to preach at the jail, and I had a sermon. I knew that the Lord, I was like, man, this sermon's going to be good. It's gonna, the Lord's going to use this in the jail. I'm, I'm just really, really excited about preaching this sermon. And the night before I was supposed to preach, I could not find it. I could not find that sermon. I could not find it. I had it in my book, in my Bible, and I was looking, and I looked, I could not find it, could not find it, could not find it. My wife came down and helped me. We tore everything apart. Like, I just had it right here. Where is it? I mean, it's amazing where a sermon can go. It's just, it's like, I could not, we were looking, I was flipping through, I had all my Bibles, I was looking through everything. I was like, where? I'm flipping through all these papers, went through all my old sermons, went through everything, could not find it. Finally, like about, I don't know, late that night, I found it. I said, oh, and I'm all tired, and I'm like, oh, finally found it. Don't have a lot of time to go over it, but, man, I found it. Next morning, I got up, wanted to check and make sure I had it before I went to church. I had to preach at the jail after church. I wanted to be ready. Gone. I opened my Bible. I put it right in the front of my Bible. Gone. Could not find it. Could not find it. I flipped through it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was, I just spent all night finding it, put it in the front cover of my Bible, and I, next morning it was gone. I thought someone was playing a trick on me. I'm like, there's something going on. Could not find it. Could not find it. Didn't have the time I had the night before. Could not find it. Long story short, Lord dealt with me about preaching something else. I preached that, and the Lord blessed it. But I could not find that sermon. That night when I got home from evening service, where do you think that sermon was? In the front of my Bible. I, the Lord just didn't want me to preach that sermon. I don't know what happened. What did I do? I just used what I had. I was like, well, Lord, I'm not as prepared for this sermon as I was for the last one. And the Lord's like, well, just use what I give you. Use what you got. One time I was preaching, uh, we were at church service one night, and I, as an associate pastor, I preached the first and fourth Sunday evenings uh, for church. And then Brother Luke, he'll preach the second and the third Sunday evenings. Well, it happened to be Brother Luke's evening, so I, I was like, okay, well, I don't got to be ready to preach. I came in. There had been some kind of miscommunication. They had forgotten to get a hold of me, but Luke couldn't preach that night, and Pastor thought he told me that I was supposed to preach, and he forgot. So I'm sitting there, and he's like, all right, Brother Josh, come on up. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, and we got in there, and long story short, we realized there was a big miscommunication. He's like, well, Brother Brother Luke wasn't ready to preach. Pastor could have preached. He's like, but he hadn't even looked at anything. And he's like, well, brother, I guess I can preach if you're not ready. So what am I going to do? I'm a preacher, right? I'm supposed to be ready to preach at all times. I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll preach. I'm getting up there, walking up to the pulpit, like, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't got anything. I mean, I have sermons, but I'm like, you know, I'm just like on a fly like that. You're like, I got to. So I was like, all right, well, you know, and I started kind of giving some small talk, and I flipped through, and I found a, just real quick, I flipped open my Bible, and it went right to a sermon that I wrote in the side, my side notes that I had never preached before, and I had written it. And I preached that thing. I mean, I had nothing. I just a couple outline points there. I preached that that night. And people came up to me after that night and said, man, brother, the Lord really spoke to me through that thing. The Lord dealt with me about that. And being my pastor, came up, man, the Lord told me some things through that sermon. Just use what you got. The Lord says, you know what? Use what you, use what you got. But I, you know, you know, use it. Use what God gives you. God's not looking for something great. He's not looking for some great thing. Use what God's got. What do you got? What's in your hand? I'm not a real good soul winner. Well, then just do the best you can. Do the best you can. Hand a track to somebody. Read them a track. If you don't know, just read them a track. Put it everywhere. Put tracks everywhere. Plant the seed everywhere. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I hope it's being a blessing to you. Just, just listen. You know, just use what God, God's given you. Sometimes we put so much pressure on us, and we think we've got to do all these things. And God just says, use what you got. 
Use what you got, and God will use it. Now, listen, if God gives you an opportunity to do something else or gives you something else, praise the Lord. But, listen, God's not going to make you do something that you can't do. He's going to give you what you need. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul's talking about this in verse 11. He says this, And through the, thy knowledge, 1 Corinthians 8, 11, uh, that's actually not what I want. I want 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, excuse me. It's like that verse is not correct. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible, Paul says this. He says, Now therefore, perform the doing of it. When God tells you to do something, do it. That is, there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what? That a man hath and not according to that he hath not. Use what God gives you. You say, I'll never be a great preacher. All right, that's not what God wants for you. You say, I'll never get that promotion at work. Amen, that's not what God has for you. You say, I'll never, you know, you know, the, the blessing is, I think God keeps a lot of, some of you in here, you do a lot of work, and you do things behind the scenes that no one even pays attention to, and maybe no one ever gives you accolades for it, but God keeps some of his most beautiful things, I believe, hidden. And sometimes God's not letting you get the praise because he wants to show you off later on. And I'm not saying to get you a big head. I'm just saying sometimes God takes his, uh, his greatest things, the things that he loves, and he doesn't always show them to everybody. He hides them. So don't take offense if you don't get acknowledged all the time. Sometimes you get acknowledged all the time, you got to kind of wonder, what's going on? Why am I getting acknowledged all the time? Use what God gives you. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Use what God gives you. And finally this, back in... Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, last point. 1 Samuel chapter 17. How many Christians get in trouble just trying to do what they're not supposed to do, just being somebody they're not supposed to be and using something they're not supposed to use? I mean, I could, I could do backflips up here if you want to keep you entertained for a little while. I'd be doing stuff, doing crazy stuff. There's a preacher once, I'm trying to remember his name. He'd get up here and he'd preach and he'd put his leg over top of the pulpit. He'd go, yeah, woo, and he laid his leg up there. I mean, I don't know how he didn't hurt himself, but he put it up there and everything like that. I mean, I could, that was entertaining. I mean, we're like, whoa, look at that. I mean, some of the preachers, praise the Lord, they'll walk up and down. The, a couple of preachers I've heard of, they go up and down the pews, walking on top of the pews back and forth. I heard a story once of a, a preacher that did that, and he'd walk up and down the pews, and another preacher tried to do the same thing. Actually, it was Brother White I was listening to. He said he was, he's there at a message. I think if I remember the message right. But Brother White said there's a preacher did that, so another preacher tried to do it, and he tried to talk. And Brother White tried to talk him on him and said, it's not a good idea, brother. And he got, he jumped out, and he started running across the top of the pews like that other preacher did, going, woo, and he was all pumped up. And he got up there, and his leg fell asleep while he was up there. just went numb. And he, he said, oh, and he tried to go, and his other leg fell asleep. And he's right there on top of those pews, and he went right down happened to be a Navy guy sitting there in the pulpit who was visiting, and he caught him, and, you know, he landed on the floor, and he's laying there. You want to talk about an awkward situation? Don't be what God doesn't want you to be, amen? I could keep you entertained. I could run around and scream and praise the Lord. I like that kind of preaching, amen, but that's not me all the time. I got to, you got to be that. You can't go on around and be the be the person that God, that everybody else thinks you need to be. Maybe, maybe there's a ministry that people do when you think because you're not there that you're not spiritual. Maybe God's got some other ministry for you. There's We street preach on Saturday mornings. And listen, not everybody goes out there and street preaches because that's just not what God has them to do. That's not what they're supposed to do. 
I don't look down on people because they don't come out and street preach with us. But maybe they're doing something else that somebody else isn't doing. Amen? Do what God wants you to do. Don't be lazy. Don't be like, ah, oh, I'm not going to do that. Listen, pray about the thing. But listen, do what God wants you to do. Don't be upset because another Christian's doing this and you're not. Do what God's got before you. You have opportunities. I tell the guys at the jail all the time. I said, you have opportunities I don't have. They said, well, you really? What do you got? I said, listen, there's guys in your pod that you can talk to that won't even give me the time of day. They won't even come to the services. But I said, they listen to you. They won't listen to me. I said, you guys could start a whole ministry in there if you wanted to. It's up to you. Use what God gives you. Do what God wants. That's what I'm kind of my point is. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I got to close this up. Verse 48. I'll be quick. I'll be very quick with this point. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. The Bible says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to beat the Philistine. Finally, I want to say this. Don't try to wear someone else's armor. Use what God gives you. And thirdly, this. Go forward for God. Go forward. Whatever God has for you, just go forward. Quit. Quit. Quit worrying about the past. Quit worrying about this or that. Quit looking over to the side all the time. You guys have heard the illustration, I'm sure, millions of times. If you're a track star, you can't be looking to see who's next to you all the time. You can't be looking because it'll slow you down. If you start looking behind you, it slows you down. You've got to keep looking forward. You've got to keep looking ahead. You can't be looking around all the time. You've got to go forward for God. God wants you to go forward. He doesn't want you to always look behind. Listen, there's good things back there. Praise the Lord. There's some good memories. There's some good victories. There's some good things back there. But then there's some bad things back there. There's some mess-ups. There's, there's some sin back there. There's some, there's some things back there that you look back on, and you can't look back on that stuff no more. Paul said, go forward, pressing toward the mark, uh, 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 looking at, uh, man, my mind is going tight. Looking at those things before, I'm going to go there real quick. But just, just you can't be... Uh, Now I'm, now I'm upset with myself because I can't remember it. Philippians chapter 3, he says, Brother, or he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Go forward for God. Quit trying to look behind you all the time. Remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked behind her. She's looking back at the past. She turned to a pillar of salt. Uh, you guys got to be careful. I'll turn to Exodus chapter 14 couple verses and we're done. But I want you to go forward. I don't, you know, things can fall apart all around you. And God still wants you to go forward. You have to make a decision whether you're going to do it or not. Let me ask you a question. Are you going to still serve God if everybody else quits? A lot of Christians quit when other Christians quit. And I understand that because you got to be careful. You decide to quit church, you're taking somebody with you. It's not just you. Somebody else will see that and say, well, if they're quitting, I guess I'll quit too. Because there's someone else on the verge too, and they'll follow you. But you've got to decide, am I going to serve God or not? Exodus chapter 14, look at, verse, look at verse, uh, verse 13. The Lord says this, or Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today. He shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speaking to the children of Israel, that they what? Go forward. God isn't interested in you going backwards. You know what Christians do? They go backwards. It's called backsliding. 
And sometimes you look back. Listen, some of you, you grew up, and maybe you're Christians, and you grew up your whole life as a Christian. Praise the Lord for that. I didn't get saved until I was 24 years old, and that old life always comes a-knocking all the time. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. It's funny how you forget all the bad stuff, isn't it? You forget all the problems you had, all the garbage you went through. The devil come up, hey, remember that? Remember that? Remember that? The Lord says, I don't want you going back. Go forward. Go forward. Amen. Keep going forward. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 7. Last verse, Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. Keep going forward. Christians, we are not in 1845. We're not, in, we're not even in 1985 or 1995 anymore. Amen? We're not even in 2015 anymore. We're in a time frame right now. We are on the cusp of the Lord coming back. We are right there. And I want to go out fighting. And right now, listen, in some ways, and I'm not, we look back at, the people back in the dark ages, how they were martyred for the Lord. And we read about the apostles and the disciples. And we read about the great Christians of the faith. And we, 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 we really look up to them. And that's a blessing because of some of the things they went through. But in this day and age, there's something more deceptive that they didn't have to deal with. They're, they're, a lot of the stuff they dealt with was right in front of them. They saw it. Nowadays, it's deceptive. The devil has made evil look good. And you have to be careful. You can watch anything on the Internet and think it's real and it's not. Do you know there's a web page right now that has hundreds and hundreds of pictures of people? Real, you see pictures, just like if I took a picture of all you, it's pictures of different people and none of them exist. None of them exist. They're not real people. But if you look, they just look at normal pictures taken of people. It's so deceptive. Now you're getting into the virtual reality stuff. And there are people are getting to that virtual reality. We were talking to a couple the other day. They met in a virtual reality room. And you know what's going to happen? The devil is going to blur the lines of what's real and what's not. And people are going to say, well, you know what? My life stinks, so I'll just live in that virtual reality all the time. And then it's going to mess with your mind. People can go crazy. We live in a time like that right now. Now, I know we don't live like back in what some of the th- people had to do. Now the devil, it's so deceptive. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not in that book, you're going to be deceived. Even as a born-again Christian, we have something we have to fight all the time, and the Lord sees that. You were made for this time. Do you know that? God puts you here at this time for a reason. And God wants you to keep doing something for Him right now. It may be, just maybe, just maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, that some of them back in the 1800s couldn't have handled the situation we're in right now. Just like we might not have been able to handle the situation they're in. God puts you right here for right now, and we're supposed to go forward. No matter how bad it gets, you keep going forward until the Lord takes you home. Keep going forward. Jeremiah chapter 7, look at verse 23. The Lord says this, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walk in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went where? Backward, and not forward. God wants you to go forward. You know what David did? David ran forward. You know what you need to do? Run forward. He ran to it. Listen, David didn't know what was going to happen. 
He didn't know. He didn't know. I mean, yeah, he trusted God. He had faith in God. But maybe God would have had him die a martyr. You never know. He used, he, he made sure he didn't use someone else's armor. He took what God gave him, and he went forward against the Philistine. And God used something, somebody so small, and something so small, one stone. He took it up five stones. He only needed one. And he used something like this, and he started swinging that thing around. It went one stone, and God used it to kill a giant. David didn't know what was going to happen. It changed the course of David's life because he went forward. Everyone else was back there. He went forward. And Christian, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know either. But I know this, we're supposed to go forward. And the Lord knows exactly where you're at right now. And He knows what He has for you. And don't go following somebody else's trail. Don't go following somebody else, what they're doing. As far as, I mean, Paul said to be an example. Amen. We're supposed to follow him as far as walking with Christ. But don't try to walk the same trail and wear the same armor someone else is wearing. What has God got for you? That's what God's got intended for you. Wear that and do what God wants you to do. Use what you got. If God wants you to have more, He'll give you more. And keep going forward. Amen? This week, go forward. Listen, this morning, I didn't want to go to work. Big surprise. I got up in the morning and said, man, I got some sick days on the book, on the books. I'm going to call on sick. The Lord's like, you're going to do that? I'm like, I know, Lord, I'm not going to call on sick. I, don't. I got up, rubbed the gunk out of my eyes, got around, went in the bathroom, brushed my teeth, did all that stuff. Got in the car, started driving to work. And by the time I got halfway to work, I said, you know what? I'm glad I got up. I kept going forward. You're not always going to feel like it, Christian. But I guarantee it, if you keep going forward, you're going to finally say, listen, when the Lord comes back and gets you and you're going forward, you're, you're like, and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore, but I'm going to just keep going forward anyway. I'm going to keep going forward anyway. And the Lord comes and gets you and you're standing before him, you're going to be like, man, I sure am glad I went forward, and I didn't stay in bed. Amen. Some things you can learn from David. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everybody's attention. Lord, thank you for them uh, listening. And uh, Lord, I pray you can help maybe just one little thing here. Lord, help somebody keep going forward. And uh, Lord, sometimes we get caught up with what everybody else is doing, and we get caught up with other things and, and maybe get bogged down with some stuff. And Lord, you have something for us, and Lord, please give us the wisdom to know when to go and do things and when not to, but Lord, help us always continue to go forward for you, Lord. We shouldn't be in the same place we are, we were last year, Lord. We should be somewhere else, and not as far as an actual position, Lord, but I know that as far as spiritually, we should be somewhere a little bit farther for you. And Lord, I pray you help your people tonight, uh, strengthen them, encourage them as we go our separate ways tonight and help them, help them get home safely. Lord, help them to just keep going forward. Christians are not going forward anymore. Help them make up their minds tonight that, you know what, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to just keep going forward for you until you take me. We just thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross for us. Thank you for your mercy and grace. In your precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 You are dismissed.